everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Street Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and I'm excited to be here with you today. All right, everybody, it's Easter Easter Sunday, so thankful for uh, Resurrection Sunday here. Uh, you know, big time here for the church, and uh, excited to try to work this out. It kind of feels like the the Super Bowl of Sermon podcast, so I'm going to do the best I can here. Uh, started out this week with the idea of proving the case of Christ, right? That's why the episode is named Easter, A Case for Christ. You know, I wanted to try to prove through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. I started going through, there's 351 Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah. And uh, I thought that I could go through each one, coordinating them to the New Testament scripture, fulfilling the prophecies. I had this whole thing lined out like I was a lawyer, Matlock style. Like it was case closed, shut the book on them, done, good to go, the Messiah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as usual... <laughs> As usual, Jesus has already done the work for me. So as I started reading through Jesus' crucifixion in the Gospels, it struck me on how you know he shines through as the Messiah all through, all through the word. Think about it, right? So Jesus was beaten. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. He was nailed to a cross and left to die. Think about it. Crown of thorns smushed onto his skull, punched kicked, spit on. Literally, crucifixion is you're nailed to a tree. Big spikes going through your hands and your feet. The weight of your body having to be lifted up to breathe so eventually you wind up dying from asphyxiation, from not being able to breathe when you get so tired that you can't do it anymore. What was his reaction to the, to the very people that did this to him? His words were, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Jesus was crucified with two other criminals. Both of these men, deserving of their fates, that are caught, tried, and convicted of their crimes. One of them sat there mocking Jesus, saying, If you're the king of the Jews, get down. Get down from here right now. The other one ridiculing him, you know, saying, Jesus, remember me when you get into your kingdom. How did he respond to that? He says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This man did nothing on his own to deserve being saved by God. Nothing. He just simply recognized him for who he was and responded. Jesus on the, on the cross, in the middle of literally dying, in pain, skin torn open, bleeding, sees his mother, Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and some of the other women that follow Jesus with the disciple John. And what's he do? He looks down and he says, Woman, here's your son, and son, here's your mother. Essentially giving the disciple, the one he loved, the, the honor of taking care of his mother and his mother, the honor of loving John like a son. He did all this while he was on the cross. We look at it. We look at it here like we could, like, okay, he's showing this. He was in pain. He was suffering. He was dying. Ridicule, beaten, hurt, and yet he still did this. He showed that grace. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes at this point. Wrongfully convicted, the worst pain imaginable, essentially being tortured to death. Could we think about anything other than our own pain and suffering at the time? 
The answer is probably not. I know I couldn't. But how does Jesus handle it? Handles it all the pain and suffering with a grace that is beyond our own understanding. He never stopped thinking about us, even in the pain. This to me is a perfect example of the grace that he extends to us every day. We don't deserve it. We can't understand how he even gives it to us. Yet here it is. Thank you, God. Let's get back to the crucifixion itself, right? Jesus' last words were, it is finished. The ancient Greek word used was tetelestai, which mean, actually means paid in full. Telling us that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross paid the full price for our sin. When Jesus died, it is said that the earth shook, rocks split, the sky grew dark. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Let's talk about the curtain a little bit. Inside the ancient temple, there were two spots. There was the temple, and then there was the inner sanctum. It was split by a curtain. The idea was the inner sanctum was where the presence of God was, and men were not allowed to be in there. There was one person, the high priest, that got to go in one time a year to offer, to do a burnt offering and pray. That's it. No one else, everyone else was separated from the presence of God. The curtain tearing from top to bottom shows us that his sacrifice reconnected us to the presence of God and the top down showing us that it came from heaven itself. So moving on from these signs, we, we see, we all know what happened after this, right? Jesus was taken, taken down from the cross and was taken to the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. The tomb was sealed and out of fear, the Jewish leaders requested help from Pontius Pilate to guard the tomb so that the disciples couldn't come at night and you know, steal the body to fake a resurrection. Pontius Pilate gave him the guards. It says a Roman guard. Well, a Roman guard is made up of 48 elite Roman soldiers. It's the equivalent to like modern-day special forces. So you have 48 Roman soldiers and then a one-and-a-half-ton stone that stood between the world and Jesus. And yet after three days, the tomb was empty goes to show us that no matter what the world wants to do, the will of God will ultimately come through. It doesn't matter. It's going to happen. God's will will be done. So who was the first to find the empty tomb? Right? The answer is Mary Magdalene. But she went not to find a resurrected Jesus, even though that's exactly what happened. She was going to prepare the dead body of her friend and teacher. A little bit about Mary at one point, she was actually a, a demon-possessed prostitute. The farthest thing that we would consider worthy to be with Jesus, and yet she was the first person that the risen Jesus decided to show himself to. She didn't even recognize him, thinking that he was a gardener pleading for him to bring back her, her friend's body. But once he said her name, Mary, she recognized him and cried out, Rabbi, and embraced him. Notice the relationship. It didn't matter what her past was. He still knew her by name. He called out, and she adored him. This is an example of what relationship with Jesus Christ looks like. He calls us all by name. The hurt, the scared, and the broken. It doesn't matter what your past is. All we have to do is recognize him, and he's right there. Listen, we can't do this on our own. We're all broken in some way. We're all built with this God-shaped hole in our hearts. 
oftentimes we try to fill it with things of this world, drugs, alcohol, lust, money, whatever your vice is. It doesn't fit. We try, try to stuff it. It's a temporary, temporary fix, but it always doesn't fit the hole. The only way to fill that hole, to be whole again, is through Jesus. How do we do that? All we have to do is hold up our end of the bargain. Well, what is our end of the bargain? The answer is the same thing that happened to Mary Magdalene. We have to hear him call our name, which he's calling all of our names. We have to recognize him as our Lord and Savior. And we have to love him. That's really it. I started out my week believing that I needed to build a case for Christ as the Messiah. As the Holy Spirit always does, he showed me I didn't need to do anything. I just need to love him. He showed me. He showed me that he's the Messiah. He shows us all by what he does and who he is, how he lived his life and how he died for us. We need him. We can't do it without him, no matter what we try. That God-shaped hole in our heart just can't be filled by anything else. This is an opportunity to remind ourselves on Resurrection Sunday that that he died for all of us, and he was born again for all of us so that we could be born again. He defeated sin. You know, I talked about those 351 um, Old Testament prophecies, right? It started out with, with God in the Garden of Eden, you know, telling, telling us after, after the fall of man that, you know, Eve's descendant will, you know, the serpent might bruise his heel, but the descendant will crush his head. God defeated Satan right there. He knew what he was doing the whole time. He knew he was going to send his son for us, for that perfect sacrifice for our sins. We don't deserve it. It's given to us by grace. We need it. We can't live without it. There are many times that we think we can fill it ourselves, and we can't. We try. We all try. I've I've been there. I've done it myself. Um, you live in you live in the earth because we're on this earth, and we and we try to to live our lives the best we can. And there's nothing wrong with trying to live your life the best you can. But when you try to to be the answer, the answer for your sin yourself, you can't do it. That's why we needed Jesus. We needed it. I'm going to end this uh, podcast a little earlier than I normally do because I don't want to rant and rave on and on. But I want you to recognize that. All of us, all of us are a sinner in need of a Savior. And Christ is that Savior for us. doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or how far you've gone. There's a, a popular saying I love that says, if the tomb is empty, anything is possible. Well, the gospel is clear. Scriptures are real. The tomb was empty, which means anything and everything is possible. Let's go ahead in this bad boy in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the time we got to spend today. Thank you for what you've given us, Lord, that ultimate blood sacrifice of your Son, that spotless Lamb that you sacrificed for the sins of the world. We know how much that means to, to us. We know how hard that must have been as parents. We have children, and we know 
thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for giving us a shot to live again and be who you want us to be, Lord. I pray for that. I thank you for that. I pray for anyone that's listening to this and they haven't accepted you, they haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to get in the scriptures, recognize it, and be like Mary Magdalene. Hear him call your name, recognize him, and then love him. It's in Jesus' almighty and all-powerful name we pray. Amen.